fine. Everyone, everyone gives me makeovers. Even, <laughs> it didn't end either. Even on my wedding day, my friend, my, I didn't have bridesmaids. And my friends, like, a couple weeks before the wedding were like, so what are you doing for your hair and makeup? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to take a shower. And they're like, I'll be we're, clean. And they were like, we're going to make you an appointment. <laughs> I was like, what? Man. Yeah, they did that for me. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm that bad. I also I also just like need everybody to know that Tori is actually like staggeredly beautiful. So she's doing this thing where she pretends that like everything is terrible, but Tori is like a statuesque Amazon. So I just need <laughs> everybody to know that. Please. Welcome to another episode of Podjiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. Uh, I'm Pajiba comedy editor Dan Hamamura, and with me, as always, are Pajiba TV editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And uh, special guest this week, senior editor Roxana Haddadi. Yes. Roxana's here. <laughs> also, Dustin, I guess, is here, so, you know, but no one cares yeah. about that. Roxana's yeah. here, you guys. Yeah, Everyone mean, shut uh, up. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> shut up. Roxana's here. <laughs> Thank God. You can all sit I back mean, down. You're welcome. So, yeah, I'm here to save you from Dustin cheating. Well, oh, my God. Just, I'm know, doing the game tonight. I can't yeah. cheat. That is actually the most cheating is when you set the rules. Yeah. yeah. Come on. We saw how democracy works. It doesn't. You're definitely going to cheat. Also, I don't know if you hear, but uh, apparently Dustin also now lies. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we've got yeah. multiple hashtags. That's true. Yeah. That all sounds right. He is yeah. a white man, so. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into Dustin's cheating and lying. Uh, and whiteness. With, and whiteness. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's going to be a good night. Along, yeah. It's going to be a good night. Uh, you know, we'll talk about some TV and, uh, you know, I don't know what else. Will, um, we? will probably, we talk about TV? We'll, we'll definitely talk about TV at some point. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, what is everyone drinking or have been drinking or had clearly have had been drink. drink. <laughs> um, uh, Roxana, you were our guest this week. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, um, Adam very kindly made me a whiskey sour with some tangerine simple syrup that I had made, which we need to now use because it's been in the fridge too long. Um, <laughs> and it is delicious. I'm very Wait, happy. You made you made the syrup yourself? Yeah. Oh, nice. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was just we had a bunch of old tangerines, and I was like, what can I do with these tangerine peels? And apparently I could have, like, dried what? them and used them in, like, Chinese food, which seemed delicious, but also a lot of, a lot of work. So mm-hmm. I just used them in making simple syrup. Oh. I think you can crazy. also freeze them, and it makes it easier if you ever – I guess it's more for, like, lemons if you ever have to, like, zest them. But I guess mm-hmm. tangerine peels are kind of, like, too thin for that. Yeah, exactly. It's like they were a little bit old, so they were already a little bit dry. Yeah. Um, but they definitely still had enough oil. So it made the simple syrup, like, a really lovely, like, pale orange color. And um, my mom had given me some sour cherry – syrup because she makes that every year and so i had like mixed it together with some club soda and it was good so yeah oh that sounds good that does yeah. sound good yeah <laughs> yeah the joy the joys of now working from home for six months <laughs> <laughs> your cocktail game has really stepped up yeah, really <laughs> really stepping up yeah 
Uh, Tori, what are you drinking? Uh, I mean, I don't really want to follow that, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm drinking rosé out of my Dustin Cheats mug. So, oh, nice. You know, nice. Love it. Hashtag on brand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also half a bottle in because we definitely were not spending a lot of time pre-recording. Look, I keep telling everybody that we do not spend an hour talking before the conversation before the podcast starts no. mm, i definitely already mm. tweeted about it like numerous times <laughs> <laughs> audio files of our chat <laughs> yeah my bad <laughs> oh god wait is that true wait do i yeah. need to check god oh damn god. it what <laughs> wait wait now 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 the podcast has to pause now we're a twitter I mean, we're podcast. still playing it but pause? i do want to no we're not pausing but i mean uh, we're not we're not going to ask Dustin what what he's talking about what he's drinking because who cares? Uh, we need to see what Roxana tweeted. Uh, uh, um, gonna be that night, huh? Uh. I just tweeted one thing, <laughs> and oh, okay. it was accurate. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes total Dan, sense. Dan, I'm drinking a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. No, 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 no. please, please, Dustin, please. please. Uh, 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 long story short, every year uh, at South by South, I'm I'm a yo-yo person, like a yo-yo weight gain person. I every year I gain a lot of weight in the winter, and then I lose twenty pounds immediately after South by. Every single year, I lose twenty pounds because I quit drinking beer and wine and I switched to something lighter. And uh, we had the pandemic this year, so September has become my South by. Uh, and, and I've switched to vodka tonic, and that's what I'm drinking. How did that work out for you? Uh, you know, I I got drunk earlier tonight, and then <laughs> I'm working on the uh, second round. And now you're just maintaining the buzz. <laughs> well, I, I had to sober up for the first hour of the. Uh... <laughs> Nobody was keeping you from for drinking. The we were just talking for the about the prepod. <laughs> right, the prepod that definitely did not happen. Otherwise, uh... I would have passed out during. <laughs> The podcast, which would have been I, very embarrassing. I really enjoy how your dieting strategy is basically just like a bear. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's like Maine. That. It gets very cold. And I, you can't exercise in the winter. Uh, I mean, you could. I, I think you just need not. a Peloton. Yeah. No. <laughs> You could get the you could get the thing I keep seeing commercials for the like mirror thing, which oh. I looked up and it's like thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That thing also for a seems mirror that makes you feel creepy. even worse about yourself. Yeah, like I already have a mirror that I avoid. I don't yeah. need to pay thousands of dollars. Like that one, they could probably see in your house if they like flip a switch or something. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like it's probably the same sort of thing as like Movie Pass, where it's like. <laughs> They're just doing some sort of like creepy data collection right. and data mining by doing that. Um, you know, all in the guide exercise, which don't exercise solution. Right. Duh. Yeah. Um, uh, as for me, I'm drinking, I'm finishing now. I had some uh, Odeon beer, which is an Okinawan beer uh, left over from earlier. And, but for for some reason, even though we have just started the podcast, I'm almost done with that beer, and so wow. have to, I, don't know, I don't know, huh? I don't know how that happened, but I'm going to switch to uh, some kind of sake that I bought a while ago, and I don't know, I don't know if it's good, but we'll see. What I bet sake is low in calories. I should try that. Uh, I don't know that that's true. 
Because it's made from rice. I think and it's wine, it, technically, yeah. so I feel yeah. like it has added sugars. Um, I don't know, Dustin. What you could do is try adding vodka to it, and I'm pretty sure that lowers the calorie count. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I was thinking uh, when I heard before we started recording that that Dustin that you had been uh, had had a had a drink before uh, before we were beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it, it crossed my mind that oh, Dustin might not be on the show tonight and instead it would just be Tori and Roxana, which is would would have been which fine. Would, but, great. But also we're glad that you're here. So uh-huh. uh, <laughs> mostly because uh Dustin, we need a uh, chicken update. Uh oh I don't I don't have much to report on the chicken. They've been doing great this week. Uh no eggs yet? No eggs yet. I think okay. that will be in the next two weeks. I'll let you know. All right. Um have you they are, been you are gonna them alive forever, right? <laughs> we have decided, die. yes, that we will keep them alive forever. They're okay. immortal. Whew. Yeah. Whew. How long Good. do they live? I don't know. Forever. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah. My children are very attached to them. Yeah. Aww. Do they all have names, or was it just the asshole one that you gave to your father-in-law? They do all have names. I don't know what they are, but I, as I expected, uh, I am I, responsibility for... Uh, getting them up in the morning and often putting them to bed at night has fallen to me. <gasps> okay, what is their bedtime routine? Do you yeah. read them a story? <laughs> yeah. Are no, there no, blankets no. involved? It's really not that, that hard. They uh, put themselves in, into their coop and then I oh. just have to close the door. And then in the morning I have to open the door and put the food out. Oh. <laughs> Do you go out there? Is it like corn kernels? Do you go out there with a little scoop and like shake them around? <laughs> no, no. You have to... We, we bring the food inside and... Uh, every night and then i have to put it back out in the morning because we have to keep it out uh we don't want the food outside at night in case the uh rats right yeah Um, no that's wait i'm sorry do you have rats we don't and that's what we want we want to make sure that we don't have rats but do you have rats in a farm area not rats could have rats yeah i live next i live next to train tracks in maine oh all right Sorry, I was just trying to figure out which version of Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats and Nim we were talking about. I assume it's like bears here, only smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, is your wait? Is your dog still confused slash excited by them every time? Yes, and, and the weirdest thing, if you when you drive up in a car, the dog will see the car drive up and then run around the chickens like six times. <laughs> I don't oh, get it. Oh, is she protecting them? I don't. I don't. Or is that just like know. the way her and like when she gets anxious or like the energy is up, it just immediately diverts to the chickens. Yeah, just running around the chicken coop. It's it's bizarre, but you know. That's adorable. Not going to be very helpful during a home invasion, but the chickens probably no. will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> the chickens will be protected, and that's yeah. that's the. You that's won't the lose a chicken. Thing. Yeah. That's really what matters here, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. They have to live yeah. forever. Yeah. Or at least they... like 10 years because that's what their life expectancy is. <laughs> Do they really ten live years? 10 years? Oh, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take oh, it. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you take good care of them, which it sounds like you are. Yes. And the, the, the older kid will be in college by then. So, you know, you yeah. don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the speaking of things living forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, this is segue. a good transition. A I feel, I feel like for it. I feel like the I feel like that segue was better than the response it got, but that's okay. No, it was uh, great. I was so I'm wondering for what it. You're, where I was you're going for with the it. Payoff. Oh well, Come I mean, this, obviously, I'm this, going. It's a supernatural. No, well, no. Although, if you'd like to. We spent all of we spent an entire month and also one week on Supernatural. I know, and, and October is coming, and we've got and time. October is coming, so we have to we have to give a little bit of space. Okay, uh, before I we but get I did it. start uh, season fifteen tonight. Just I'm sorry, I'm really um, excited. I've never watched one episode of Supernatural. <laughs> It's you okay know what? if you need help. I will say this, Roxana. You would make fun of Supernatural until you watched it. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, this show no, no, is no. actually really I good. I like it because it's too I vaguely bland looking. I don't make fun of it. I don't I make did. fun of it. Also, Tori, I don't find them attractive. How dare you? <laughs> oh, you would love Dean. I mean, oh, oh my, my God. God. He's like your perfect... He's he's like your ideal. You mean Dean from Gilmore Girls? No, the other. No, one. he's the Dean. worst. Yeah. This is the actual. His character name is Dean in the show. Yeah. Dean the from brother? Gilmore Girls is horrible. Right. But Jer- Jensen Ackles is oh, like, oh my I mean, god. I, no, 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 no. You have to see him in action. No, no. You do. <laughs> he's, I feel he's like got guys, some headland energy. I feel like you guys don't actually know what my type is. No, like, I, I do. I, I don't think so. I'm Come worried on. about No, I don't think so. I I'm know not, exactly what your type is. I was not complaining about Supernatural, just commenting that I've never watched. I'm just saying That's there's it. a first time for everything. It's true. I do feel like it's always on TNT. It is. It literally is. For like three yeah. hours every weekday. <laughs> yeah. Ackles has got some dirtbag energy and also like that voice. Oh my God, his voice. His voice Dustin, is really do you need so- a moment? He loves it. Do you remember when you felt this way about um is it Michael Yuri? Who is the guy? Oh that yeah, loved? Michael Yuri. No, yeah. no, no, Michael Yuri? No, no, no. Easily, 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 easily. Easily or easy. Oh my god. Oh, but you but you still do. And some. Yes, of course. With the yeah. eyes. Yeah. 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 like yeah, yeah, the eyes and, and like Ryan Reynolds' chest and like John Bon Jovi's <laughs> smile. It's just like the perfect man right there. <laughs> Uh, and okay. Ackles' voice, no, no, Chris Evans' Boston accent voice. That's probably the best voice. Oh, like, see, no, I hate that. I don't want no, that. No, from at all. Gifted, that voice from Gifted. No, oh my God. ew. I love it so much. Ugh. At least he's not saying Ben Affleck's Boston voice. No, no, no. God, no. <laughs> Standards. Speaking of things that uh, here we go. Forever. <laughs> uh, the Walking Dead is oh, we're technically the Walking Dead. ending, but also not. Right. So it's not at all ending. So uh, Dustin, I, this is Dustin territory. So all right, just briefly, The Walking Dead. Uh, they announced the end of the series. Uh, they're going to film uh, thirty more episodes. So right. the uh, so not the end. Won't actually, no, the series won't actually end until twenty twenty two. At which point they will spin off Daryl and Carol into their own series. So it's really not so much a spin off as a continuation, uh, but. The continuation is designed in such a way, it basically is The Walking Dead, only cheaper. Right. So that, so that they don't have to bring back the entire cast the and pay all the dead. licensing fees. And then they can also resell it to Netflix and international territories uh, and screw Robert Kirkman out of probably a lot of money. Um, and then they're also doing another uh, anthology series that I suspect, though they haven't said yet, that really just a backdoor for a Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Me- Megan prequel. Oh, God. 
I know. <laughs> Yay. Okay. I love him. Yeah. I, I but, know. You know, whatever. The opposite reactions are perfect, and that's why I'm so glad Roxanne is here. <laughs> I just I just think it's bad. I just think so, you're bad, and I just I basically, don't like it. I bet Jensen Ackles will show up on that prequel. Maybe. It's basically, they announced the end of uh, The Walking Dead uh, in two years, and then also The Walking Dead universe will run forever. Right. And it won't cost AMC as much money as it does now. Because the ratings are falling. I just, I feel like they're like the MCU of television. And I just. Yes. I, mm-hmm. But, but the MCU is fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there aren't okay. characters that I, well, I mean, I, I get that there are, but there are less characters that I care about now. Also, On what MCU? happened to the movies? No, uh, in Walking Dead. Cause I feel Those like. Those are still technically no, being yeah, developed. Rick, so the Walking Dead will probably end with the Rick Grimes movie. Because technically mm. Rick Grimes is not dead. That's correct. Which I just can't fathom. The, right. Well, yeah. Well, you know. But at this point, are his kids alive? Uh, he has two children. Uh, one is actually um, um, what's-his-face's child? Uh, Shane. Right. And then the other one is RJ with Michonne, who has also left the show. He had a child with Michonne? Yeah. Wait, what? What? Late in the in Right, this because, doesn't Carl, because doesn't Carl die? Carl dies. Carl, Carl dies. dies. Carl but dies. Then, but then the daughter, daughter is Shane. Right, there's who is Judith, daughter, who becomes maybe. Neo-Carl, but is yeah, but Shane's kid. Judith is actually Shane's kid. And yeah. then right. they have RJ with Michonne. God, uh, remember okay. when Shane was on happen? the show? Yeah. yeah, I do remember when John Bernthal was I on know. the show, Tori. Yeah, yeah I do. So hot. <laughs> so hot. Yeah, I mean, the, actually, you know what? I actually hated the character so much and didn't like his performance at all. So I only liked Bernthal after he left the show. Honestly, same. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. want him until that uh, Brad Pitt It was a hateable uh, character. Oh, wait. This, this is, since I haven't asked Roxana this. Roxana, have you ever seen mm. The Class, the CBS, short-lived CBS oh. sitcom? Oh. mm Okay, I only mention it because it's Greatest one of my favorite ever. like one season sitcoms. But John Bernthal is part of the ensemble, and he's so like wait wait in a sitcom. Yeah, that sounds terrible. No, but he's great. No, no, he's no. playing like this really like dopey like good natured guy. Uh, mm, okay, and, I, that does usually work for me actually. Yeah. But he still looks and sounds like John Bernthal. I just can I we like just, that. Can yeah. we just take a moment to appreciate that Dan's like this is one of my favorite shows, and Roxanne's like that sounds. Horrible. <laughs> no, this show, okay, wait, wait, wait. I need no, to, no, give, give to me the like 30 seconds. That was amazing. The timing okay, was perfect. This is, like a, this is like a show from like 2007-ish. I googled the cast pictures. Yeah. The and cast I see Lizzie Kaplan, yep. Joan Jett Shag, mm-hmm. Jason Ritter, mm-hmm. John Bernthal. This yep. is like you're in Dustin's favorite program. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Next to Love Monkey. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie Punch, remember her? Oh my God, what happened to her? She was on on Ben and Kate. In like 20 Oh, I love Ben and Kate. Ben and Kate had the best theme song you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> I definitely, Dustin, I want, the I want more for Jason Ritter. I want more for Jason Ritter. Oh, always. Always. Uh, always. You have no idea. Jason Ritter is like... Your dream guy, I know. <laughs> okay, wait, The Dustin. dream guy that I pictured has Jason Ritter's personality. So so is it Jason Ritter or Michael Ely, who, who's up no, no, higher no, no, no. in the rankings? Michael Ely has the eyes. No, Jason, Ritter, <laughs> Jason Ritter's personality. You know personality what's funny is, is that like... there's 
part of my brand, but Dustin is the thirstiest motherfucker <laughs> on this show. It's so true. What would, like, it's so much. What would he? What would you do if Jason Ritter had a Boston accent? Oh. oh Jesus, that'd be that'd be a lot. Your pants would explode. What, what is the appeal of the Boston accent? It's just everybody mispronouncing words. Like, what is the appeal? It's like listening to a baseball hat talk. Oh <laughs> God, <laughs> Tori, you made my vagina just like go in. Yeah, but yo, his, more, I'm, more. But what did it do to Dustin when I said that? I think he got amazing. I think he got fully torqued. So like, I think that's what happened. <laughs> God, <laughs> terrible. Speaking so of Dan, sh- that sounds that sounds like a really nice show. Maybe it was a really I nice will, show. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. It's not streaming anywhere because you know one season shows don't. Life stream, is but, not fair. Uh, mm-hmm. But 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 we can talk, Roxanne. If you wanna, mm-hmm. if, if you want access to the season, I can. We can make. Yeah, make you can figure happen. out a way to. We can figure make out a way to happen. make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, um, that sounds good. Totally above board. <laughs> Legally. How fun is it to see Andrea Anders, by the way, on Ted Lasso? Just putting that out there. Uh, it's great, and uh, yeah. I, every time she shows up, I, I'm very but, happy oh, that Andrea she's Andrea Anders. Um, Me too. Uh, Remember the Go? She was in Go with um, Matthew Perry, and then she was also in Joey with uh, Joey. Yeah, <laughs> and she was in uh, Better Off Ted with uh, the Jay cast member. No, that wasn't a cast member. No. No. You, Jay you Harrington up the street. and uh, Malcolm Barrett and uh, nope. Portia DeRossi. Still not a cast. Nope. Not a cast, Friends cast member. No. no, There were no Friends cast members on Better Off Ted. But it was still I, that's good. That's what I'm saying. It was very good, though. Yeah. Um, Friends isn't the be-all and be-all end-all television. No, I know fine. that. But Andrea and I don't know if you do. Yeah. Actually. It's kind of you don't even, you, you barely remembered Friends, Dustin. Don't, <laughs> we're not bringing, that's we're not getting into true. this, we're not getting into this fight. I know Tori is just trying to, trying to <laughs> get a prize <laughs> and we're not having the Friends fight again. Wait, so are you trying to tell me that <laughs> Rachel had a baby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did she? Wait a second. What? This is this is you. you <laughs> this is what this is what the 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 internet people call trolling, <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of shows that involve trolling on the internet. Oh, okay. That one was not so good. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm curious well, about where this one's going. <laughs> I've already boys. forgotten what we're supposed to be talking. Look, Stormfront. She's, a, she's very online, and she's. Trolling. She is very online. She's trolling oh, Homelander for her own it's purposes. True. Um, yeah, it's true. Uh, we're four episodes in, which is also halfway through the season. Um, Shocking! Uh-huh. I'm not ready. Upsetting. <laughs> and but this is the this is the show that all four of us have watched. So this is the, the fun say about common ground of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the boys. Mm-hmm. I uh, I enjoy it very much. You know that I am particularly touched by bleak pop culture. <laughs> And but um, you, you guys know that Roxana is like, like thirsty for Homelander, which is okay. the wow. strangest thing. <laughs> wow. Okay, wait, like, wait, wait. Why? <laughs> so Homelander's okay, all, but Jensen Ackles isn't. <laughs> exactly. What is okay. going on? I my what I actually enjoy about Homelander is what? I 
I despise the character, obviously, but mm-hmm. I do think Anthony Starr's performance is amazing. It is. So I yeah. feel like I am less, I'm not actually like physically attracted to him so much as like I'm so impressed by what he pulls off mm-hmm. in the same way. Like I feel like f- for me, he is akin to like Glenn Howerton on Always Sunny, where it's like I don't find him sexually attractive, but I don't understand how he does what he does with such a loathsome character yeah. mm-hmm. to make him so charismatic and appealing because I think both of them, like both Howerton and start, like they're totally different programs, but like they both really well walk that line of like, Oh, this character is totally insane. Right. Like, yeah. Insane, like but this character is yeah. a maniac. Yeah. But somehow like makes it very, watchable right so like i'm definitely not like i'm not trying to bone homelander so much as i want to be like can i ask anthony Starr some questions about how he prepares for this role <laughs> also like i because would... i just i don't understand like i just feel like he has such control in that performance and definitely this season two where he's like slowly losing it right so i just i'm very impressed with what he does with the character yeah it is and nice. he sort of looks like Bradley Cooper. Like, there's something about him that is unsettling to me because I feel hey, like hey, 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 he don't... looks like so many other actors yeah. that I feel like they do a good job making him so blandly attractive <laughs> that you're like, oh, I could understand why, like, all of America would trust this man. Right. You like, know? to me, he feels so... like a Chris. Like, he feels like yes. he should be a Chris. Except... Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know him from anything else. Exactly. The first time I saw him, so he's just a creep to me. No, I don't I, know him but, from anything else either, but I feel like that's also why I'm enjoying it because mm-hmm. it's like I don't have any um, preconceived notions of him. Since like starting recapping it for AV Club, people have told me that I guess he was on Banshee. Yes, that and, and a I, show? I have actually oh, seen yeah. Banshee, but I don't remember it. Okay. I watched the first. Okay, yeah, I would love to watch Banshee on HBO Max, except for where HBO Max didn't actually go no, through with having up. all of Cinemax's content. Thanks Otherwise for nothing, HBO Max. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The only show I, I might have seen him in, I'm just looking at his IMDb right now, is Xena. He was in two episodes of Xena. Oh, was he? Oh. Uh, but, like, everything else on his IMDb I've never seen, including Banshee. Yeah. like a Xena person. What are you talking about? Xena is just one of those shows that's just on, and then you watch yeah. it. Everyone yeah. is a Xena person. Aren't we all I, Xena people? Yeah. We're all millennials. There's no such thing as not being a Xena person. It's either yeah. just you had I'm the TV on or you didn't. I am Gen X. Yeah, you are old as fuck. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you just say you've never seen an episode of Xena? No. No, Dustin. I know that, what Xena is. I've seen like maybe a clip on YouTube or something. Okay. That should be but, your guys' next. Yeah. That should be you your next. Yeah. Have you ever watched Hercules? Wait, I'm sorry. Dustin, are you judging Xena? <laughs> I'm a little. I'm going to be really upset if you're you? like, I've watched all of Hercules but didn't watch Xena because there's no point in watching Hercules. I've never seen Hercules. Okay, good. At Did least you watch it's a uh, Renegade? Thing. Did you no, watch why Young would I watch Hercules? These shows? Did you watch Young Hercules with Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Gosling? <laughs> no, I didn't. Would you have watched it if it starred Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> yes. And yeah, if you I would have. Know, I, I, I like Gosling a lot too. Maybe I would have watched it. Uh, where are we so going? yeah, so Dan, I have liked the boys this season. How has everybody else felt? 
I enjoyed it fine. Okay. Okay. I really enjoyed like it, it fine, huh? I'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I like it. Yeah. Um okay. I didn't I came to the show late last year. Um like I didn't watch it as it aired, uh or as it was released last summer. Um but I think actually Tori was the one who recommended it to me and suggested I watch it and then I did and I enjoyed it. And this one it's just um I don't know, the characters are super fun. Um I like uh I mean I've enjoyed I don't know this comic book specifically, but I've enjoyed Garth Ennis books in the past so uh so it felt like you know it felt like i was going to be predisposed to enjoy it yeah um, but the uh and and also as an added bonus on top of the you know it's a smart show it's well done um you get they drive a boat through a whale what more do you want <laughs> that was fun. um but the uh but like having aya cash on there who i love uh is just kind of like an added bonus. It's like, oh, the show is already good, and now you have her playing, like a she's genuinely psychotic my favorite part of the season uh, version of like she's still a little bit Gretchen from uh, You're the Worst, except also with superpowers and insane. Um, she's like Gretchen from You're the Worst crossed with Megan Kelly. Yeah, but mm. it's also great because that is so not the way the character is in the comics to a certain point. Mm. But right. by at, by making that character her and putting her in the season in opposition to Homelander, like it, it, she is a great character, but I also love what she does to his arc. Mm-hmm. Like it's the perfect foil for him. And so like, you know, as much as, you know, the show is still called The Boys, but it really does feel like, like my interest is in him unraveling because she's around and wondering how long it's going to take for everyone else to figure out who she is. Right. Like, it's really weird to see the, the boy's storyline kind of take a back seat in some ways. Yeah. 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 The thing that, um, when we were watching it, I had read a few of the comics and then stopped after a certain point and Adam had read more. So he had more of like a little bit of a understanding of where the story was going, at least if they like follow the comic. And the one thing that we have both enjoyed is like how much her character, how obviously like her and Homelander, like Stormfront and Homelander are both coming from a place of like a um, and isolationism and all of those like white power ideas yeah. but how she is like saying the quiet stuff out loud and how it's like it's very much an analysis of like the america that we are currently in mm-hmm. and like how do you you know we make a lot of jokes about like how did you become radicalized but i think it's interesting to almost watch stormfront radicalize homelander and yeah. push him yeah. even further than he would normally go so i've definitely enjoyed it so far and i agree tori that it feels like the actual boys storyline has taken a back seat because it's like the becca butcher stuff was sort of like tidily handled like i was a little surprised by yeah. like how quickly that seemed to wrap up but like the counterpoint of that is like i do like that the compound v reveal did seem like by this episode that the news media was already sort of over it which to me yeah which me read like very realistic for the world we're living in with like a 24-hour news cycle and you're always looking for like the next thing yeah yeah so i definitely um 
it's one of those shows where like yes it's very bleak but i i actually find some comfort in watching it because i'm like oh okay yeah like everything does suck all right yeah <laughs> well but it's also like i think it, it it's bleak and it shines a like you don't it, expect the mirror that it holds up to be quite so clear in some ways yeah. but it's also so it still is so over the top that like it it works as escapism as well mm-hmm. it's like it's bloody it's violent it's funny it's got everything that i want and so i can be distracted from the fact that it's <laughs> very very like eerily prescient but it, it's right. on the other hand it's like no, this is this is kind of like ignore the exploding whale. It's this is all everything it's talking about is stuff that we're dealing with like in reality. And I also really like the move with Stormfront of when they reveal that she was this um, superhero Liberty. Um, so she's been acting like she's been ageless for decades, and right. it really feels like this thing of like you know if she's going to you know like you were saying it's sort of she's the person saying all the quiet things out loud but it's not that she is a youngster who's doing that it's somebody who has been in the shadows all this time and is now doing that like all of these sentiments that she represents have always been here and i like that stormfront is kind of the embodiment of that Mm. yeah she has always been there doing this (laughs) Yeah. And I think one of the things, too, is that, like, we can say that the show is, like, prescient or whatever, but, like, Ennis wrote it in 05. And I feel like as a reaction to Bush policy and to, like, the things that were beginning in 05, like, I don't think our culture has changed all that much. Like, I feel like whatever progress was made during the Obama years is very much something we look upon like fondly and we miss it because everything is burning right now. But in terms of like corporate power and like the continued strengthening of like our military, all of that stuff still happened during the Obama years. So I feel like it's like as a reaction to Bush policy, the boys being conceived, it's like not that much culturally has changed. So I think so much of what it's still saying about like how big business and government go hand in hand as a way of like entertaining and distracting people. Mm -hmm. I do think all of that stuff is still really applicable because like we're living at like, at least to me, what feels like the most heightened moment of that. Yeah. Right. I mean, so. back then, I mean, it was interesting because I, I, I actually prefer, I, I've read all the comics and I prefer the show because it's sharper, but part of it is also that the show's focus is much more on that in those ties mm-hmm. that have always been there. Whereas mm-hmm. I think the comics were, it was obviously about kind of uh, the corporate culture and stuff like that, but it, it was also, it, it, there was this level of, um, it was also a reaction to kind of like celebrity culture and and reality TV and it like it felt more of like a reaction to Paris Hilton and keeping up with the Kardashians as much as like you know media conglomerates and and all of this other stuff and I think that the age difference I don't think like our country has necessarily changed but I think the show is able to come in with a focus that is by coming at it from the Trump years it it sharpens the focus mm-hmm. of the argument that the comics always had. And part of that is like, it gets rid of some of the excess and brings in some new elements that are, are yeah, I just, I really appreciate this adaptation 
mm-hmm. for the changes it makes while not changing the underlying DNA. Like it's still, it is, and you're absolutely right, it is still that the arguments from the comic book, which were from the Bush years, are still here, but it has been updated to something that I think is, is very sharp. Yeah, and I don't think, like, to your point, I don't think it abandons, like, concerns about reality TV and stuff no. like that, because you do... I'm trying not to spoil anything, because I'm a few episodes ahead of what's already aired, <laughs> but I feel like there, like, I feel like there are still allusions to the fact that, like, Vought owns tons of, like, TV production studios and film studios and, like, how they try to placate people with, like, oh, well, like, you'll have your own reality show and stuff like that. So I definitely feel like it's very smartly written in terms of celebrity culture and how that's just, like, an all-encompassing thing, right? Which is, like, manifested through, like, TV appearances and fluff piece journalism and, like, being on that mill of celebrity and, like, the endless posturing of fame. And so Mm -hmm. I think the show does a really good job with that. And, like, the counterpoint of that is, yeah, I think the boys themselves feel a little bit aimless this season. It's like they've gotten so sharp at writing the seven and how like being beholden to a corporation like saps your individual will that I think they've gotten like a really strong hold of that. And then like the boys storyline is sort of floating. Right. So I'm curious if it just sort of feels like, like I remember from the, from what Adam had told me about the comics is like the comics spend a lot more time explaining what like butcher and Frenchie and mother's milk were doing in the time that they were hunting Homelander. So it felt like there was more of that element in the comic books, which right now is like sort of jettisoned. Right. So we don't get, but I also feel like Carl Urban is so magnetic that it's like, come on, man, it's still Carl Urban. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and all of them, like it's so the boys are so perfectly cast Mm -hmm. that it's funny. It's like, they're so strong that the, their material can take a backseat for a while. And your interest Mm -hmm. as a viewer isn't lessened. It's just sort of diverted, right? And so I, yeah. but I am curious the back half of the season if they'll if they'll tie it back in because I think you're you're absolutely right. They're so focused on the corporate um, commentary, which is mm-hmm. so rich and so fascinating, and it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. wonderful, especially when you bring in Giancarlo, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, and mm-hmm. it's it, it's like the whole thing is so good. And then, but who are the people who fight that? And that's right. what the boys was always about. Like, who do right. you set up against a a media corporation and superheroes? And it's mm-hmm. this ragtag team. And it's like you're not seeing them really do that yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're think, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that, like, I think I'm also, like, very impressed with what the boys have done. Because I just watched um, the other Amazon show, Utopia, which, like, yeah. premieres this week. And did not like it at all. No, <laughs> and so I, feel, I haven't watched it no. yet. But yeah, and I so like I, the UK show a lot. Yeah. It's very, I, I thought it was very different from that. Um, but so, like, that is also another show about, like, you know, theoretically, like, the end of the world and, like, corporate power and all that stuff. And I felt like, although that was written by Gillian Flynn, it very disappointingly superficial. Whereas, oh, no. like, The Boys feels, like, so rich in our in its understanding of, like, the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say about Utopia next week. The Boys, written by Supernatural's Eric Kripke. That's right. 
You know what I keep waiting for? Bob Seger. And he just disappoints me every episode. Well, and, and also, I mean, we're like, you know, a year minimum out from this. But uh, Roxana, next season, you'll be treated to a season with uh, recurring guest star uh, Jensen Ackles. That's right. Right. He got cast, right? Yeah. 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 I did I did see that. Dude. I remember he got cast on The Boys. Then you will understand. Or, or if he got cast in like a DC movie. Oh, no. No, The Boys. Okay. That's right. My bad. I feel like I've seen him on something else and liked him. I just haven't. Wasn't he Sorry, on, guys. Wasn't he on, was it Dark Angel or Alias or... I think it was Dark Angel a long time ago. I think it ago. was Dark Angel, yeah, He's which I did watch. He's never anything that counts. No. Uh, Days of Not Our Lives. Angel. He's gained the voice and the gravitas. Oh my god! Can we life. please pivot away from Dustin? It's too much. Uh, <laughs> this, this reminds what, me. Is this, is this what I sound like to you guys? Because I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> a never apologize. The, Dustin, fine Dustin's radicalization thirsty. from uh, from uh, you know not knowing anything about Supernatural to becoming a diehard Supernatural fan has been fascinating to watch. Um, which is also why uh, I can't wait until uh, Walker premieres on. The CW in 2021. No, Walker. No, because I, with, I don't uh, like Supernatural's Jared Padalecki. I can't um, stand that guy. His wife is also going to be on it. Yeah, they just, they just announced that. that I did see that. Yeah. yeah, they are like. Why do you B- hate? Why do you hate his wife, Dustin? Because she's also like a B movie kind of oh, boo. person. What's... Wait, I'm sorry. How can you use that as a negative when that's very much what Jensen Eccles is? Whoa, he loves whoa. The... No, Jensen Eccles is like My Bloody Valentine. A... Yeah, I love my bloody Valentine. They are very both. They are very much both B level people, and like no, it's no. fine. Yes, Padalecki <laughs> is Jensen Ackles is just sort of like he has been overlooked. He belongs. Oh, in the okay, A-list. all right. How does everybody feel about the uh, Scientology spin on this season of The Boys? Oh, it's very <sighs> weird, and it it was it was actually the most jarring. Like I was I was okay with it. Up until this last episode, it was so jarring. This is the, the fourth episode. Uh, with the just the cutaways to like the when Harry met Sally esque, like oh, this is what love is kind of like mm-hmm. interviews. And then when the when the reveal came, I was like, oh, that's what's been happening. This right? Whole time. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Finally. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm really I'm curious about it in the way of like I'm curious where it's going. Like, yeah. Like it feels like they have a really. Like I, I feel confident that they have a really clever or interesting. Wait a second. Wait, uh, I'm sorry. Endpoint. But I, for people who only like three quarters of pay attention to the show, what is the Scientology thing? I'm sorry, Dustin. Are you also watching it sped up? <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's a Dustin assumption. Um, okay, so the Scientology, the Scientology thing is like so you. So the deep has been like basically recruited by that church of the collective or whatever, um, with like the Fresca cans and everything. And then this past episode, um, it was revealed that like they set up a bunch of like auditions for him to like pick his new wife in a very, yeah, Yeah, in a very Tom Cruise like move. And then they go on like a very, um, like friendly, is it, it's not, is it? That they actually get to interview him. That oh, I don't think that's happened yet. Episode, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, but basically he like um, is that like, hyping the getting married and like rehabbing his image or whatever. Yeah. So I, that was what, what I was like. Oh, okay. So we're doing Scientology because up until just, that point I couldn't figure it out. 
I never made that connection. But I, I think oh, I, yeah, that makes total sense. I figured it out when she first, like when, uh, like he first wakes up and they they kind of do that weird, like when she hands him the book. I was like, that's Dianetics. Mm, yeah. Like I kind mm-hmm. of so, but it was interesting. I was curious. I wasn't sure at that point how far they were going to push that. Right. And I right. love that they're just doing it. Yeah. Um, I am curious to see, yeah, again, like where it's all going, just because I, uh, right now he feels, other than the whale scene again, <laughs> um, so disconnected from the, the goings on everywhere else. But I also appreciate right. the fact that they didn't just drop his storyline. Yeah. And that's mostly because like, as a viewer, I kind of wanted them to. I'm like, he's trash, he got kicked out of the seven, that's what he deserved, end of story. And the fact is that for these guys, you know, that's never the end of the story. Like, we we always talk, make the joke about, like, no one is actually canceled. And I like that the show is sticking with that. Like, let's explore how somebody gets out of being canceled. Right. And in a weird way, I'm like, no, this is... You know, and part of it is, you know, whether he can actually, you know, whether there is any personal growth, but also not letting him off the hook for for the blowjob thing. Like, right. it's definitely like, you're trash, but let's see how far you'll go to try and, like, get out of that, right. the consequences of your actions. And, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know that it'll all pay off, but I don't hate that they're doing it. That's a good point. I think my only, because I also had been like, why are we spending so much time with this when he sucks? Yeah. But I think it's, it's, that's a very insightful point as to like tracking what the industry that they're talking about, like how much it would bend over backward and for who, and like what other avenues are available to you. Like when you're no longer in a quote unquote, like a-lister how do you maintain your relevance like there's always a way for a handsome white man to maintain his relevance yeah so like how do we track that i think the only thing for me is it's like i don't know what else there is to say about scientology i guess that we don't yes. already know so i don't know like you said is it's like are we making a point about Scientology or are we making a point about like the second chances that are afforded to certain people and not to others? Right. So like, I just can't figure out it's too um, early to like, tell which angle of that they're doing. Yeah. Cause absolutely. Like, and I could see them going the route of like Scientology steps in and tries to like forcibly rehab his image, which Scientology has done like guys who, yeah. you know, and you see that with people who clearly are, you know, have secrets and Scientology comes in and kind of like papers over it and, and makes them palatable or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, but like, that's something we know about Scientology. That would be very obvious. That would not be something new. Right. I am curious if they're, if that's the kind of the cheap, easy route by introducing this or if they're going to go another direction. And I, it's, I can't tell yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't so, know. I don't but know. yeah, it's been it's been good so far. Yeah. I don't hate it as much as I thought I would when I found out he was still an important <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, because I was just like what else is there to say? Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't need sucks. to sympathize with him and I'm like I don't sympathize with him, but I don't hate his story. Like I'm okay seeing how this goes so far. Right. Right. And again, like we kind of talk about this like in broad strokes or whatever. But we talk a lot about how, like, 
people aren't really canceled, right? Right. And like, what is, is there a space? Is there an opportunity for somebody who, yes, fucks up to realize then that they have fucked up? And then what is the redeeming part of that? Like, Mm. how do you work to be a better person? And I feel like they're obviously like combining that journey with like the Scientology aspect to like get some humor out of it because like that's what the boys does and that's fine but I do think one of the things that we talk about all the time is it's like okay if people don't get canceled then like how do you work with a bad person who might want to be better and like what is the space for that right so yeah I'm sort of curious as to like does he just go from being like a pawn of Vought to then being a pawn of the church of the collective or is there some point at which like we see the deep become his own person and then what does that look like too right yeah. and so. the show is so bleak it's sort of that you know are they mimicking a redemption arc only to show that again, like this, this particular character is beyond. Like he will not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ever figure out what he did wrong, or not right. ever mm-hmm. actually attempt to make amends. And right. like, is that also the point? It's like you can become, you know, a bet. You you can try to be better in the future, but that doesn't erase what you've done. Or yeah. you know, like it's because, and that's what's so fascinating to me about the show is that like it, it seems so simple, but it. It really is just deeply bleak. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that actually makes me wonder. Um, just this is a just a wild theory that popped in my head that I don't know if you know. I have no basis for whether or not this kind of thing would ever happen on the show. But um, the the way that uh, that Starlight said, like, I will never be on this team. You know, like we will never work together right. ever again. And right. the way that the deep is seems so far genuinely uh he seems like he genuinely wants to be better whether or not that's programming or or just you know missing what he had as a you know celebrity or whatever it is um but the way that he he can be manipulated from being on the seven to with the church it it makes me wonder like like it almost it feels like they they could be setting up a world where he he becomes one of the boys like somehow he gets and he basically becomes one of their pawns like it's just him being used over and over again but in that instance he would have to work with you know starlight has to work with him because now he's on their team um yeah and she would be real mad about that but he's like genuinely trying to change and i don't know probably can't on some level but well, and that's a, I mean, in the comics, that part of what, part of the way they functioned was always they would have blackmail over, like, one soup on a, on a team. Mm-hmm. They would get dirt on one of them and use that to, like, execute their plan, to get that person to kind of be their patsy. Oh, so I wouldn't, that wouldn't be, like, it's not even that he has to join the boys. It might just be, like, eventually he does something where, like, they blackmail him. Yeah. So, um, you know, he goes from being used by the church to being used by them. I don't know. But we know there's another season, so it's also interesting to be like, we have four more episodes of this season, and I don't know, you know, what'll happen. Yeah, like, how much does this season act as a bridge just for that concluding season? Which is fine. I mean, I feel like if they have an end point in place, then I'm okay with that. That's an end point? Is there not a lot left in the comic? Oh, there's tons. Yeah, I'm not sure okay. that... I, have they said that the third is the final season? Or just that they... I thought they had, but I could be making that up. 
I feel like Amazon, this is like a, something they want to milk. This is like all they have. No, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I Mrs. hate Mrs. Ma- Maisel. Mrs. I, hey, 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 I loathe, <laughs> loathe that program. Hey. But they what? do have it. What? I love it. Oh, man. Mm, well, they're making okay. more Carnival Row. Is it? Is it? Roxana, we have such, it's so weird how we love so many of the same things, and yet there's this area in which we diverge so uh, drastically. And yeah, and I feel like that leads us into uh, our final quote unquote <laughs> topic of the week: uh, Lovecraft Country. Mm. Only because the two of you have watched it, and I feel like you're going to have different opinions. I don't know. I think we <laughs> might have the same agree. opinion. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So just to well, set it up, Roxana and uh, Dustin are caught up. Tori has only watched one episode. I watched three, and so so Tori and I are behind. And I will watch the rest. I promise. So will I. But yeah, yeah. no, why? I don't think you should because it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing. I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just curious as to what Dustin doesn't like about it. So Dustin, well, you go first. first. Of all, I don't like. Okay, anthology. wait, but set up, set up this last episode, because I just briefly, just because sure. I feel Well, like... I can do that, and then I'll pass it over to okay, Justin. Cool. Um, okay, so, yeah, the the adaptation of Lovecraft Country that is on HBO does somewhat take a similar format as the book, which is that it's sort of anthology style. Like, we are following a set group of characters, somewhat on a loose timetable as to how they are reacting to having learned that like one of their characters is the descendant of rape of like an evil white wizard guy and so like he sort of has power magic is real and each episode so far has sort of done a little bit of a twist on like a genre convention Mm -hmm. um so we've had like a haunted house episode the fourth episode was sort of like an Indiana Jones style, like choose horrible. your own adventure. You thought that was horrible? I really liked that episode. Well, I hated um, that episode. And this episode, the, I, I, it's okay. But last week's I hate. Why? Well, I didn't like the whole Indiana Jones, and then the end. Ooh, that ending was so bad. Right, but like, why? <laughs> the ending was so bad for reasons that I don't completely understand uh but you could sort of see it and understand why it was like it was like an indigenous person that they just brought in to kill okay so is your issue then with like the representation aspects of that or do you also think it was like bad storytelling both the okay. storytelling I also thought was bad. I mean, it was just like, I mean, it really was Indiana Jones. But see, for me, I feel like that's interesting because, again, like, it is adapting a story from a typically white status quo to a yeah. different community. So I don't necessarily, I mean, I enjoy that because I in general feel like so much of what we're given is that like white perspective. So I didn't necessarily like I actually really enjoyed that. I liked that episode um because I thought that it deviated from what we're used to. I do agree with you that like the ending like my issue with this is I feel like well, have you read the book, Dustin? I haven't. No. Okay. So like because my issue well, but it's not real. I mean, like, but 
I don't really feel like to me an anthology is like if every episode or if every story is about a different group of characters, like that's not what this is. You know what I mean? And it's not like we're jumping. I I, I assumed that the book was like uh, different stories, but they weren't the same characters. And then it's tried to make it the same characters. No, it's the same character. Like it's the same overall cast of characters. Um, just doing like different things like sort of each character gets their own sort of like adventure in the format and then they're all working toward like an end goal and then like the final story brings them all back together and it draws from each of the individual stories up until that um so like my issue with the book though is that the book doesn't have any actual like monster elements like so none of the Lovecraft stuff that the show has created is actually what? in the book. Yeah, so the book has like magic, but it doesn't have like the Shigalith characters or like huh. Cthulhu or like any of that stuff. No. So well, like from Yeah, so like for me the issue with the book is that like the book is actually very much about like a white power struggle between mm-hmm. like the white lodges and then like the black characters are sort of like ancillary to that. So for me, like the book was very disappointing because I don't feel like it actually says anything about like the black American experience that we don't sort of already know, Mm -hmm. which is probably because the author is a white guy. Right. right. Um, And they sort of tried to hide that in the book marketing anyway. So like I liked Mm -hmm. last week's episode because I liked the adventure aspect of it, but I agree with you that like the addition of like the native American two spirit character, like more my issue with the show is that I think they keep trying to incorporate some of like the spooky, scary Lovecraft stuff, but that doesn't necessarily organically go into the story as it's written. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of inserting these things that I'm like, oh, that could be interesting. But because there's like no longevity to those elements, they have to like kill them off. So I agree with you. It's like you created this character just for them to get murdered. Right. Like at the end of the episode, which was like, what was the point of that? (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. So that's the setup for this week's episode. So this week's episode follows the Ruby character, who is the older sister to uh, Journeys, Letty and Dustin. Go. I don't know. I don't know where to go. I do. I, I did like this week's episode more than I've liked any episode since the pilot. Interesting. Even, even though the end is horribly disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that was something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So like the basically, so basically, like we've already what's already been established in the show is that like there is magic, and we have a potion that is given to mm-hmm. Ruby who is a black woman that can turn her into a white woman. So mm-hmm. there is this horrible physical transformation that takes place. And this is definitely the show at its most like Cronenberg body horror. Like it's a revolting transformation and that like basically her original body bursts out of the white woman's body Um, And so it's like very bloody and gory and disgusting. And so she keeps taking the potion because she 
likes the experience of, you know, being able to have a job and have people listen to her and, right. you know, she has sex with a very attractive scars guardian white man. And so yeah. like, I sort of got what the show was saying about like why this experience would be appealing I guess, but I also am like not sure about that ending because I think, I think the show sometimes backs itself into a corner where when they say like, actually like racism is the most monstrous thing of all. And I get that, but then I feel like it reduces every story to these characters did these like amazing things that are interesting. Magic is real. They like outraced monsters. Like there was all this fantastical shit to happen. And then, Oh yeah. Like one random white person was also racist to them. And that was the worst thing. And I'm not arguing like the reality of that. I'm just saying that it makes for like a certain repetition in the storytelling mm -hmm. that sort of makes each episode like a little bit anticlimactic. So like, that's also what happens in this episode. Like she's taking this potion. She is becoming a white woman for some reason when she becomes a white woman, she is also like incredibly horrible to the black woman that works at the store where she gets hired mm -hmm. and she sees their white boss attempt to rape the black woman and then decides to like get her revenge. And the final scene is just like a super disturbing violent okay. rape scene where she rapes the white guy and then as she is raping him with a stiletto shoe her body transformation starts to take yeah. place so it's like the horror of that rape scene coupled with the horror of her body like breaking free um from its confines and so like it's very unsettling but I'm also like not sure what it's trying to say no, no, about you know about like revenge or about like racial performance or you know like I don't I don't know it just felt like very intense and shocking and I'm not sure to what end and I will say that this doesn't happen in the book. So it's sort of another one of those storylines in the same way as, spoiler alert, it's not a daughter in the book. So the daughter, the evil daughter taking the potion to become William is a book, is a show construction. So I also feel like sometimes the show is inserting these things that like are way loftier than it knows how to handle, right? Because it's playing with like white mm -hmm, women in fake allyship of white by this white woman pretending to be a white man also then are we to understand that like christine the white woman pretending to be william having sex with ruby is that rape because like she's having sex with ruby as a man without telling ruby that she's actually a woman like so I, I just feel like it's like they include some stuff that's like twisty and turny and like the show wants to be sort of like politically aware and make points about like race and sex but then it sort of swerves and doesn't make the points that it wanted to make mm -hmm. i don't know Dustin, does that sort of sync up with what you thought or how did you feel no no yeah exactly and 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 i don't it it, 
it does a lot of what Ryan Murphy does. And mm. that's not an insult. I love American Horror Story, but a lot of times Ryan Murphy will take storylines and he will um, it will become more about um, applying these tropes and, and, and other storylines to marginalized communities and less about creating a cohesive story. And I feel that that's what's happening in Lovecraft Country too often. It's about trying, I don't know, the story is not flowing very well mm-hmm. from episode to episode. And that like each episode, uh, you know, one episode and the other, some, some are decent, some are better than others, but there's no cohesion whatsoever. I think there's something to be said for like, I think subverting genre tropes is one thing. And I think the show does that well on an episode to episode level. Like I, I, like I think the haunted house thing was good. I liked the choose your own adventure, Indiana Jones style thing. So I like that when it sort of sticks to that. But I think that, in the long run, it does sort of want to tie everything back to racism was bad, which, like, yes. we know. And I think it wants to keep tying stuff back to the Lovecraft wizard stuff, which was honestly, like, the weakest part of the book. So I think if they were just doing a show, honestly, if they were just doing an anthology episodic show where you followed these characters on like their weird, wacky adventures from episode sure. to episode, that would probably work. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think that it would work better if they had different actors playing. It, it just feels like, yeah. You know, well, because I think they go on all of the wacky adventures because of the Lovecraft stuff. But the Lovecraft stuff, I think in the book and in the show isn't necessarily given the attention that it needs to have. So I just think it's like, it's trying to do a lot and some of the stuff it's doing well and some of the stuff it's just not mm-hmm. doing very ex- well. Explain to me what the Michael K. Williams subplot was this week. I, you know, the thing is that I think that that scene was really powerful, but I think it also comes out of nowhere. So like, the Michael K. Williams character, just to like fill in Dan and Tori and like whoever is listening. So the Michael K. Williams character is Jonathan Major's dad. And he so far has been very much like, don't use the magic, like don't give in to what they want. Like it's a trap. So in last week's episode, it is Michael K. Williams's character who kills we think i mean we don't see a body but the implication is pretty clear that he kills the native american two-spirit character and then this episode we learn more that um he is in fact gay or bisexual because he is now in a relationship with a man who we knew to be gay in a previous episode but now we also learn that that man is a drag performer and is part of like a community of drag performers and the storyline goes in like sort of a pose direction where they're having a ball 
and um, there is like a performative aspect of the ball, obviously. And then Michael K. Williams is there. And then it's like, it's a very beautiful moment in that Michael K. Williams's character, I think like accepts his sexuality and who he is and kisses his partner on the dance floor. And then is like elevated on all of their shoulders. And like, it's really powerful. And I think Michael K. Williams does a really good job, but you're like, what the fuck is this scene doing in this episode? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the like, thing with like this show and, and, and that's the thing uh, with Ryan Murphy shows. It's like, it's like they just throw the kitchen sink at every episode. They like want right. to, instead of like telling a linear story. Right. right. I, I have to say, um, thank you guys for explaining all of this. As someone who has a lot to catch up on, um, I'm really torn right now because when you mentioned Cronenbergian body horror, I was like, fuck it, I'm sold. I don't care how wonky the like politics of it are. Like I will. And then you mentioned Ryan Murphy and I was like, oh, (laughs) so I will still watch it, but I'm prepared for the uh, last It's very disjointed. Yeah, I think it goes for a lot of big moments, and I think some of those moments land really well. Mm-hmm. And right. I also think some of them you're like, but this still has fuck? a narrative that you need to go back to. Right. And yeah, Ryan Murphy is a really good comparison because I feel like Ryan Murphy shows sort of run out of plot like halfway through. So it's like I really liked the episodic elements of the show, but I think... I sort of also don't know where it's going because, like, in terms of the book adaptation, like, chewed through a lot of the book already. Mm -hmm. So I sort of don't know where it goes. And also, like, because the book really relies on a climax that centers on the white characters, it's like, I don't really know how you adapt that for a show that has already made very clear that its focus is, like, on the black community of Chicago and like what life is like at that point. So a lot of times I almost wish it's like, I wish you just made a story about that, (laughs) you know? Right. Yeah. But Um, you know, yeah. There's one other question I want to ask you, Roxana, just because Mm -hmm. only specifically because I know you've seen both of these shows. Um, Even though I'm behind one thing that struck me with the show uh, with Lovecraft was, is that I, I'm torn about like the balance between the the racial history and the the horror history. Like the the fusing of that is mm-hmm. is so difficult, and like feels yeah. like fe- like there are t- there are moments where it feels like it works really well. There are moments where it feels like they're they're out of sync or they're almost like different shows. Um, and it reminded me a little bit of uh, the Terror Infamy season. Um, because that was that's a feeling that I had very much watching that. Yeah. Where I was like, you know, there were moments where I was like, I wish, I almost wish the horror stuff could go away because I'm kind of more interested in the actual history of it. Or, or you know, other times where it's like, oh, the history is kind of getting in the way of the, uh, of the, um, of the supernatural elements. Um and I, I was just curious if that was something, since I know you've seen both shows, is that something that, like, you feel or is that something that you, you've noticed? Or... I mean, I think that's a very astute observation, which makes sense because Dan is smart as fuck. But yeah. I think that that is a good point 
um, because I think both of these shows, I think both of these shows are using genre to tell a story. Mm -hmm. And I think like genre can do that because like horror as an example has such established conventions, right? That it's like, you can recognize certain setups and like you can more readily accept a setup like a ghost story and a haunted house and then i think like once you accept that plot then maybe you have more time to like play with details right Mm -hmm. like terror infamy did play with the experience of like living in an internment camp and like first gen guilt and the sort of trauma that comes from that and i think obviously like lovecraft country is doing something similar where it's like confronting the fact that like you are a child of rape and oppression and like how does that weigh on you i just think i agree with you though that i think both shows are trying to do both Mm -hmm. and i don't think you can do both a hundred percent yeah effectively like you just can't like it's it's too much story to tell in that kind of format so i I think that like infamy in particular was trying to tell it in like a really thoughtful way right right? like I ended up liking how it ended like I thought that some of the visual aspects of the finale were really interesting and that like being trapped where she was Mm -hmm. and trying to like break free of that um and I think that like Lovecraft Country does do some interesting visual stuff with like her trans with Ruby's transformation and stuff like that. But yeah, I just I think that's it sort of leaves me thinking like, well, what did you want this show to say? Mm-hmm. And I'm still not sure if Infamy was trying to tell like a very literal story about the horror of the internment camp or if it was trying to tell like a fantastical story. Right. Because it it didn't do both of them equally well right Right, like you know so it's like it just it didn't and so i think that's the same sort of issue with lovecraft country where it's like i think some of the stuff about like real life racism is really interesting like it was very depressing to me to see how many people on twitter didn't know what sundown towns were Mm -hmm. like that was shocking yeah after the first episode so it's like okay you did a really good job painting a portrait of like real life racism and trauma but like what else do you have to offer? Right. And I think, and I know we're a TV podcast, so I'm sorry to bring it up, but I feel like it's the same sort of thing that we saw with the initial reviews to Antebellum, right? Like the new Janelle Monet movie coming out where mm-hmm. it's like, it's very much about like, okay, so you're playing with like some historical elements that we can all recognize as being terrible. But what else are you saying outside of the fact of like, oh yeah, that shit was terrible. Right. Yeah, so, like, I just, I don't know where Lovecraft Country goes. And I think it's a bummer because I think the performances are so good. (laughs) I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, like, I think Jonathan Majors is, like, exceptional. I think, you know, like, I think, yeah, so. I I don't know, man. And I have not seen any extra episodes, so I am also... Mm-hmm. I'm also in the dark about where it goes. I mean, I'll keep watching it because I do think that some of the stuff it's doing visually is really interesting. And it does have that like strong HBO budget and production mm-hmm. design. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. And I mean, it was an incredibly fucked up closing scene. Oh my it's, God. One, it's, it's just, it's one of those things Listen, where I'm like, is this. Tori- Dan, listen. 
she rapes him with a stiletto in the yes. ass. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I'm gonna there's watch no point. It. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a powerful scene, but also like, why? Are you recommending it or are you trying to warn us away? Like, I'm not... Both. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's very difficult for me to parse. Because, like, I I haven't lived that experience. Do right. you know what I mean? So it's like, I I don't know how it would land for somebody who has. I don't know if that would be cathartic or if you would find that something that is healing. I mean, I don't I don't know. So I can't like speak to that experience of it. But in terms of like the story, I don't know if they do enough to build up Ruby as someone who would do that. Mm -hmm. Because we've seen her struggle with like getting a job because she's black and we've seen her struggle with the everyday racism that comes from being a black woman. And so we've seen her live through all of that. I just, I don't know how to feel about the suggestion that like that sort of everyday oppression would make you somebody who rapes another person as revenge. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. Where's the leap there? Right. Mm. Yeah. And I also think it's one of those things where it's like, <sighs> this is sort of, this might also be sort of like a weird thing to comment on, but it just by the nature of, by the nature of the episode, I just sort of don't know, like, what happens next. Because in the book, there's a certain path for Ruby, which I'm not sure that they can follow at this point. So I think it's like you have made, they've made like a couple of like really strong divergences in killing off certain characters that don't get killed off. And in, like, diminishing certain characters. So I'm just, I'm curious as to, like, okay, so does this make Ruby and Christine, or Christina, I can't remember her name, like, does this make them allies now? Like, wouldn't Ruby be pissed off about the fact that who she's been sleeping with is, like, actually a woman? There's just a lot of stuff that I'm not curious, I'm curious, like, does any of this have impact? And I think, Dustin, your point about it being an anthology, like, I wouldn't mind it being an anthology if there was, like, more of a focus on, like, how people are dealing with stuff over time. Because, like, we see Hippolyta still dealing with, like, her husband's death, right? Because, like, mm -hmm. she's angry at Jonathan Majors' character. She's angry at Atticus, and, like, she's trying to figure out, like, how to deal with that. But to your point, like, Michael K. Williams killed that character, I guess, in Showtime. It's, like, a couple of weeks ago. Right. And there's, like, no real impact. But instead, we get, like, sort of, like, a big coming out scene. So it's, like, there's certain things where I just think that, like the impact of the storytelling isn't being communicated very well. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, it I don't know. Like a different, it was a really good pilot uh, about Sundown. 
and uh, it feels like a different show now. Would you like it more if it didn't have real monsters, or would you like it less? I don't, I, I don't mind the real monsters. I just want, like, I just want each episode to flow into the next episode better. Okay. Okay. I just, it feels like there's, like, four different, four different TV shows. That are happening at the same time. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and Dan was right in that infamy felt the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. Like there was like the orphanage adopted kid storyline. There was the actual internment camp storyline. And then there was like the fantastical ghost stuff. Yeah. It was like three very distinct things that every so often would interact with each other. Mm -hmm. But also infamy was like infamy would have like eight story twists an episode. <laughs> Yeah, that at one. Least. One thing that that uh, was at times uh, frustrating about that show was that the uh, on top of the plot being so you know there being so much plot that it felt like they're they're trying to service multiple shows at the same time. Um, the rules of the ghost kept changing. <gasps> yeah, felt like, that's a very good point. And it was just like, oh, now. It's like this. It's like, oh, no, now the ghost can do this. And now the ghost doesn't need its body, even though, you know, we sure seem to make it look like it definitely needed to have its body two episodes ago, um, based on the way that it flew across the country, like across the world. <laughs> and then the body, it, like the body had to be in proximity for the ghost to be there. But now it's not. And I don't know. Um, anyway. That's such a good point. And I do think that's something that's also happening with Lovecraft Country. Because I think that there are some things that are happening, like, magically, where you're like, should this be happening? Right. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a tough balance, because you want it to, you know, you want it to be exciting, you want there to be twists. But um, I do feel like there's, a, there's always a danger of going too far with... Uh, changing the rules because you have to change them because you want them to be surprising versus that like there still needs to be some, we need to be able to at least pretend to ourselves that it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, um, anyway, speaking of things that we pretend will make sense, it's time for Dustin's game. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Untitled Dustin game, which he has not told us what the game is. Uh, we have no idea what's going to happen. I assume he's cheating and lying. Yeah, I mean, time. it's a given at I this point. Yeah. He doesn't actually have a game, but he's already right. won it. Oh, that's, yeah. that would be the biggest lie. And yeah. cheat. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. I mean, we all are used to it at this point. But <laughs> So, um, I you'll, you'll excuse me here, but um, if you ask me with a, a gun to my head... Um, who was Whitney Cummings and who was Chelsea Handler? I couldn't tell you. Is that is that the game? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. But I was listening to one of their podcasts. Oh, God. And I couldn't tell you whose. Uh, and I, I was popping around in it, like fast-forwarding, like jumping around. And I don't know if this was a game that uh, she was playing, but I listened to five minutes and I was like, oh, I think that's the game she's playing. And... Uh, whether or not she's playing it, I like this game, so I want to try it. So it's basically 
this. Okay, wait, wait. Before um, before you explain it, so this is officially the untitled Dustin game that he might have stolen from either Whitney Cummings or Chelsea Handler based correct. on listening to about five minutes of a podcast. Wait, that's, that's a little correct. long. I think we can shorten it to the untitled Whitney Cummings slash uh, Chelsea Handler indeterminate <laughs> rip-off game. Yes, yes, yes. This is horrible already. <laughs> the game is this. Uh, I'm going to give you a celebrity name, and okay. you're going to tell me uh, their net worth. And whoever oh gets closest God. wins a point. Um, and this I... is based on, and this is funny because uh, our friend Seth uh, loves Spackle, the producer loves Spackle. His friends, is, is actually good friends with the guy who created uh, the site that ranks everybody's net worth. And uh, the net, I just, I don't, the thing I don't know how. Is bad. As, <laughs> as a socialist, I cannot yeah. play this game. Yeah. <laughs> As a, so, you have to. as a person and with it, no net worth, we I actually, am uninvested. I don't know how what accurate these net worths are. So it's just bullshit? Gonna, well, this guy came up with the net worth. and You know very, what else a guy came up with? Socialism. Look into it. I know. <laughs> my, my son, who is reading Animal Farm, talks to me about it all. <laughs> God, I it's do love him exhausting. so much. He's the best. You should tell him to watch more revolutionary eye and uh-huh. like take the messages about like labor and personal capital to heart also um if we agree to play this game can can your son come up with next week's game maybe oh can, can appear on the podcast is that really that's really what i'm trying to figure I out i don't know about that <laughs> but if he could he you're just like, contribute again? you're already a bad influence <laughs> Untitled what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a celebrity name. Okay. And I'm going to try to pick people that uh, you folks would uh, have an interest in. Okay. Uh, and uh, you will tell me their net worth based oh. on uh, this guy's website who ranks net worth. Okay. Is it like is it a fastest situation or does everybody get an opportunity to guess? Everybody can guess, and whoever's the okay. closest wins. Okay. okay, and is it is it price or right? Price is right. Do we have to be below it, or is it just closest? No, no, just closest. Oh, okay. Okay. So no one dollar okay. right. That's right. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Padalecki, Jared Padalecki. <sighs> okay. Do you want to determine an order of who's uh, guessing? I'm going to let Tori guess first. I I don't understand money, so I'm going to say thirty million. <laughs> Oh my god. That's is a that lot. a lot? That's a lot. <laughs> Sounds like a lot. I don't know, lot. man. He's that been doing this show for 15 years. That's true. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Roxana, would you like to guess? Uh, I'm going to say 12 million. Dan? Uh, I'm going to guess 10 million. Uh, it was 12. So. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. Yes. You know, because I thought 15 because the show's been on forever. And then I was like, no, go with 12. There's no method. It's just That's nice. That's yeah, chaos. You guess it on the money. Yeah. So uh, Roxana wins one. one oh, point great. There. Great. Uh, Thank you. Next is uh, Garrett Hedlund. <laughs> <laughs> what is his net worth? 
Watch me get this one wrong. All right, you can go first. I'm going to say seven million. Okay, Dan? Uh, I think... Uh, Star of the Gwyneth Paltrow movie, uh, Country Strong. Oh, okay, five million. <laughs> uh, Tori? Dan. I'm going to say 10 million. Uh, I think Roxana wins that one again, too. That was 8 million. That's oh, okay. wow. Million. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I'm available. Call me. Garrett. I do like that Roxana is uh, is so far <laughs> destroying both game. of us at, uh, That's right. at measuring oh, God. work. <laughs> We're, this is, this is not have, a TV Dan, uh, you have to person. know your enemy, Dan. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> This is not a TV person, but it is a Roxana person. Okay. Ryan Gosling. You know, Ryan Gosling is a TV person because of Young Hercules it's and the right. Mickey Mouse Club. Very true. I am going to go. I think I'm going to overdo this, but I'm going to go with it anyway. I'm going to say 26 million. Dan? Uh, this is tricky because it feels like because he's married to Eva Mendez, who also mm-hmm. so like does that grow no, his that net worth? Yo, that, that Ghost Rider yeah. money. Um, hey, she Ghost was in Rider. she was in <laughs> Too Fast, Too Furious, and a cameo uh, cameo at the end of. Uh, she also makes her own money, Dan. Right, she has a this she has a, a very thing. she has a successful fashion line. That too. Oh, she yeah. So their 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 combined net worth is probably way high. I'm just asking for Gosling's net worth. Right, but I don't know how these numbers are calculated because you have your shady website that you won't tell us the name of. Uh, I'll this is say, the, it's like networth.com. It's the one everybody looks up. Oh, isn't that thing like wildly inaccurate? <laughs> Probably. I'm calling out the integrity of the game. Dustin lies. Hashtag Dustin lies. Uh, I'll say 30 million. Okay, and Tori? I was going to say 30 million. Now I'm going to say 50 million. Tori gets this one. Oh uh, my God. Good job, Tori. 60 million. See, what? what What surprised me about He's that very is like, frugal. we all, we love Baby Goose, but like, has Baby Goose been in a successful monetary film? Right. How do because he, he's not like a franchise guy. Not yet. Right, but I mean, saying, I'm saying like that's where you make your money. Maybe he yeah. just has a really good investment banker who like. Maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, think they're including Eva Mendez's. They could money be including now. her money, but also doesn't it just feel like he doesn't spend any money? Yeah, he as well. Doesn't. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, right. I can well, get yeah. all the way. Oh, okay. You don't want to talk about this at length? Wow, Dustin. <laughs> well, no, no. Okay. Zach Braff. Uh, oh, ugh. Pass. This is for Dan. <laughs> oh, so I should guess first then, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. So Zach Braff. Let's see. Uh, Let's just talk this out for a second. So Zach Braff was on a very successful sitcom for nine years and uh, got to produce, got to direct a little bit. Uh, That that was also uh, early two thousands, where there's not the kind of you don't get like ninety syndication money, but you get a little bit on the back end, Comedy Central and streaming (laughs) and all that. Uh, However, on the other side of it, he did Kickstarter a movie. Um, That's true. Oh. And which so, was, which is which, which is, is why I got blocked. Which, <laughs> which is not the best sign. Also, these days, 
he's basically a podcaster. So a great podcaster, uh, but and still, and Lawrence Pugh's boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, does his podcast? Oh, does have her sponsors? net worth tie into this? Because no, I feel no. like she probably has more money than him. Um, I don't think so. But okay. I'm going to say that he's worth uh, eight, eight million. Eight million. Eight. I'm sorry. Eight. Like yes. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes. Nine seasons on a network show, Roxana. That's a lot of. Yeah. That, it's hard to spend that money. Uh, when, when he's never been married and doesn't have to like pay for stuff. Tori, what do you guess? Uh. Oh, I don't. I don't know. Fifteen million. <laughs> Fuck it. Roxana? Uh, I think 17. Uh, Roxana, it's closest is 20 million. Okay. Oh, wow. There you okay. go. A lot okay. of scrubs or residuals. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's a lot of scrubs. And wasn't... Fuck, what was his movie called? Wasn't Garden State like a huge hit? Yeah. But it was, was like, it was a huge hit as like an indie movie, meaning like it made it's like so, 5 like million. like a low... Sure, but it would only cost like five hundred thousand. Yeah, million. but he doesn't see all that money. It's not like he gets the box. I don't office. know how these things work. He uh, kickstarted. Wish you were here. Wish I was here. Whatever yeah. it's called, you know what I'm talking about. I I know what you're talking about. The movie that got uh, Dustin in trouble. Don Cho. <gasps> this one surprised me actually. Uh, John, in fact, John Cho is uh, priceless, and so therefore there is no Extremely, monetary value. Yeah, also, there's no monetary value. He's yeah. an angel who gives all of his money to charity and has... Roxana, what do you think? John Cho. <sighs> I'm saying 30. Wow. 30 that, million? I think, that's, I think that's too high, but I'm, I'm saying 30. Dan? Uh, I would say that's white guilt, but you're not. It doesn't apply. I'm going to say 10 million. Okay, Tori. Oh, few dicks. Um, <laughs> all right, I wanted to really lowball it and say he only has the net worth for his brownstone in Brooklyn, but I'll go twenty. Yes, it's exactly twenty. Wow, Tori. Good job. So, Good job, yeah. Tori. At this point, Roxana has three, Tori has two, and Dan has zero. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I, <laughs> Dan, quick, is, Dan is the purest of us all. Quick, quick, John Cho, John Cho story. Uh, I saw he. I don't think they're an active band anymore, but he was the lead singer for a band uh, for a while in L.A. called Viva La Union, um, and I got to see them because my buddy's band opened for them, um, <gasps> and they were they were like fine. They were like a reasonable you know indie rock band. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And John chose singing. And um, that's it. He's, and he seemed like, I, I mean, I'd love to see that job. Yeah. I know. But he basically seemed like kind of like a normal guy, except that he was also John Cho. So. Yeah, was it like for this... like the devastating handsomeness. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he looked like he was having fun. You know, he was having fun. Well, that's nice. Singing, singing in a rock band. Yeah. John Cho I... is definitely one of those people where I'm like, I hope he's happy. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I bet yeah. he is. Yeah. Here's a completely random. Uh, Clark Gregg. What do you think? <gasps> wow. Uh, Tori, you go first. This is your, uh, this is your uh, wheelhouse. Okay. Um, no, he couldn't have. Well, okay. Tori's doing like back envelope math. <laughs> I'm going to say eight million. Roxana? I was going to say seven, but I'll go with six. Dan? All right. Uh... 11. 
Ooh, Dan gets that one. Nice. Ten million. Good yeah. job, Dan. Oh, nice. Finally. Yeah, because it's tough. Cause Dan, like, do you feel redeemed? I feel like they couldn't have paid that much for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he was in some of the Marvel movies. He was the lead of Agents of yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, 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 but, like, it was on for, like, I mean, I know it's, like, seven seasons, but, like, I feel like everyone had to have taken a pay cut for the last two. Oh, yeah, also, but... when you guys said Clark Gregg, I thought that you meant Clark Duke. My bad. I was waiting for Clark <laughs> Gable, and I was like, dude. Uh, this one is I'm for sorry. Roxana. Uh, Zach Efron. Oh. Kind of tricky. That's really tricky. I am going to say... Eight, 18. I was going to say 22, but I'll go with 18. 18. Dan? Okay. I think this is the shocker that he's way wealthier than we realize. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to mm. say 45 million. <gasps> wow. Four or five. I think he's got a lot of high school musical money. Tori? Uh, I'm going to say 30, but I do agree with Dan. I think this is a surprise. Yes, it is a surprise, but a Tory surprise and not a Dan surprise. It is 25. All right. okay. That's still a lot okay. more than, yeah. All right, so we got three for but Roxana, feel, three for Tori, and one things, for Dan. I think one of the things that's hard for this is it's like, like, like we said, like we all know who Ryan Gosling is, but like he doesn't have franchise money. Whereas it's like, yeah, Zac Efron had High School Musical money, but like, was that actually a lot of money? Well, probably yeah, not, Disney. But, yeah, but he's got a lot of movies since then. Let's yeah, bad, like Bad Grandpa, maybe. <laughs> was that what it was called? I mean, I think a lot of it is probably Neighbors and Baywatch. Yeah. Oh yeah, Baywatch. And right, like let's... Greatest Showman, I think. Oh, he was in that. Oh yeah. Yes. I didn't watch that. Let's go with a different level, and let's go with DiCaprio. Have we done any women? No. Yes. No. Haven't haven't we? No. No. Oh, <laughs> I have, wow. I have several women on my list, but I was saving them for like uh, all right. All right what for go. later where we could guess that they make seventy percent of every dollar? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? It was good, yeah. Maybe right, the big fine. reveal. Never mind. All right, all right. All right. We'll we'll skip that and we'll go straight to uh, yeah. Whitney Cummings. Skip Leo. Oh, wait, I don't even know who Whitney Cummings is. Who is that? And that's that's funny. She was she Whitney. Oh, Cummings, she's the really annoying one. She's um, the one, the Christelia person. So yeah, I I have no concept of how much money she has, but it's probably too much, whatever amount. Well, it's going to be weird because she's a writer on a bunch of shows, mm-hmm. oh. so mm-hmm. she could she'll probably have a surprising amount given that, but it's still not going to be like DiCaprio. I mean, like I don't know, six? Mm. No, Meh, four. All right, Tori, four. Tori goes four. Uh, Roxana. Nine? Dan? Okay, so she's a stand-up, but she's a successful, like, mm-hmm. headlining stand-up. So there's that. Mm-hmm. She uh, created, uh, or she was on that show. Well, I created Whitney, which was short-lived. Whitney. But, um, you know, you still get creator money and well, star money. That's short-lived. It was at least uh, two seasons. It was two right? seasons. That's short-lived. But this is where she gets the, her real money. Is, Roseanne. Is what? The Connors or whatever, the Roseanne revival. Uh, oh, that too. But I was gonna say uh, two broke girls, which <gasps> I believe is her, right? Isn't it? 
God, that is so. That, that is well, so she's not annoying. In it, was she no, the she's the creator. Dan she's the co-creator. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say twenty million. Dan is much closer. Uh, thirty million. Oh my God. This is yeah. why life isn't fair. <laughs> I, Two I, broke I, I girls. Really? Yeah. On the other Gosh. hand, let's go with Journey Smollett. Oh, that was a good one. Working like her entire life. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights and Love Country. She was in something else between that, right? I don't she was remember. in Birds of Prey. Yeah. Birds of Prey. That's right. That's right. She was on Full House. <laughs> she was in Eve's Bayou. Oh, Eve's Bayou. Oh, fucking love. I'm sorry. Did you just say Full House? Yes. Yeah. You don't remember I mean, on Full House? No. No, I don't. Okay. All right. Hmm. I'm going with. Uh, I keep going back to 22. I'm going back with 22 again. I think that's high. But. Tori. I'm gonna go 12. Dan. All right. I think this one's gonna be depressingly low. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm probably. gonna go like six million. Yeah. Two million. <gasps> Two million. That is so right. depressing. Yeah. So we got three, three, and three, guys. I started strong and I've just been getting worse. That's right. Probably we're gonna like, jump, yeah. We're going to jump back to DiCaprio now. Oh, no, my first love. <laughs> <sighs> he has my heart and that's priceless. That's, that's right. True. And we're going to let you guess first then. Uh, I'm going to say 75. Dan? Uh, does he own stuff? Like a business. That's like where that's like where he do his money. do the pussy posse expenses. Are those factored in? <laughs> Does he? I mean, that's a write off, or... right? Probably. Right. So. Like, I mean, it's like. I'm sorry. I'll I was say, 50, say something really mean. Fifty million. Fifty to Dan. Seventy-five to Roxana Tori. I'm going a hundred. Tori, Tori wins this one. Two hundred sixty. Yeah, I was gonna say it's oh, probably. Like, wow. I was almost went three hundred because I was wow. like, he's just. Been See, around. I feel like at a certain point the numbers don't make mean sense to me. Yeah. So I can't even imagine what they are. Like, yeah. how much? Okay, how much is Jack Nicholson worth? Like a uh, like. Five hundred million. That's a good. Yeah, it's like how I don't even know. Like he's I think been around, when you're forever. around for a while because I remember when um, Jack Nicholson is worth um, three hundred ninety million. I remember um, an end, I, I listened to a podcast with uh, Tom Hanks' son, uh, Colin. Which one? Chet Hanks. Oh. Okay, good. The good one. The good one. <laughs> yeah, the good one. And he was talking about how uh, you know he had sort of two lives with his dad. And he said there was like the life before uh, Forrest Gump and the life after. Mm. And like before he was just sort of like an actor who made money and he did fine and they had a solid middle class upbringing and then after Forrest Gump he was just like obscenely wealthy so like Colin right. Hanks younger kids had a whole lot more money yeah um oh, shit wait, wait, I just wait. had someone that I can't remember now oh we I was gonna say at... isn't sorry can I just ask isn't Keanu like a really surprising one because doesn't he have like a hundred seventy-five million from just the Matrix? Probably, but he gives everything away. Yeah, I was gonna say right. he probably doesn't keep anything. He's probably got ten million. Mm. Three hundred fifty million is what they say. Total worth. Right. But he also owns like the motorcycle company and stuff, right? Maybe I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. 
How much yeah. is Ryan? Let me jump back into it here. Wait, wait, Jordan wait, Peele. Wait, wait, wait. Before we jump back into it, I, I just watched uh, the new Bill and Ted this past weekend, and mm-hmm. it, it made me smile so much. Oh, Dan, that makes me so happy. It was so silly. I loved it. And made me, made me very happy. Good. All right, Jordan Peele. Creator of Get Out. This is also probably going to be depressingly it's low. It's going to be super depressing. Yeah. Well, but he's mm-hmm. also an exec producer on, like, everything. Right. Dang, you go first. All right. Five million. Tori? I'm going to go ten. Roxana? I'm going to say twenty-five. Tori wins that. And the game. Damn Good it. job, Tori. Twelve million. Damn it. I didn't get to do my favorite one. Do your favorite yeah, one. Do your Let's favorite. do it. Your two favorite. Uh, Jessica Alba. This is going to oh. be depressing, oh, too, because, because she is the honest this is company. This going to be gigantic. She is the honest company. A hundred million. Yeah. No, it's going to be higher than that. Two. I'm saying, I, okay, I was going to say 200. Uh, I'm going to go 500 million. Uh, 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 I think technically Roxana is closer, but Dan is closer in spirit. It is 340 million. Yeah. Yeah, because wow. they sold the... Well, because she was trying to get the honest company sold, it, they had an offer for a billion, and then all of that news broke that like the majority of the shit they were selling wasn't actually like organic. Right. So I think the valuation plummeted. Uh, oh, but okay. She has a shit ton of money still. But your last the, one's gonna uh, be Gwyneth, isn't it? The highest note, Jamie Gertz. <gasps> I don't even. I don't even know. Oh, okay. Boys. I know who that is now. Jamie Gertz. <sighs> Wait, she married someone super well. Yeah, wealthy, she owns right? a yes. basketball team, right? Um, she married these are, somebody These wealthy. are depressing. I don't... A billion. Two billion. She, yeah, she owns wow. a basketball team. She's worth two billion? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because of her husband. And then I also have, like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, eight million. Oh. Same as Connie Britton, eight million. <gasps> Taylor Kitsch somehow is worth twelve million. Yeah, uh, John mean, Carter somehow they yeah, gave him a Carter. lot of money for that movie. <laughs> How is he yeah. worth more than Kyle Chandler, who is nine million? Because um, what has Kyle Chandler done that's been like? When was Kyle the last Chandler... time Kyle Chandler was on Mars? Kyle Chandler's well, a TV lead. Yeah, he's he never had Taylor like a huge Kitch movie was like in, that. Uh, Chadwick Boseman's film as like the fifth lead last yeah. November. He was also right. a but he also had like a career when he was like the hottest motherfucker on the planet for one year. I think it was for longer than that. I think that you're. I mean, he had like I don't know 2012 year, but still with fucking Remy Remy Lebu. Like he still had like <laughs> X Men money, and he still you know. Wait, Taylor Kitsch was the next man? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, was Gambit. Gambit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was one of those Yeah, for Wolverine like five movies, minutes. It didn't count. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Adrian Palicki was four million, which I was actually like pleased for her. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you. makes sense for her. her. Well, because she was yeah. in the first John Wick. I feel like she shows up in surprising places. And she always like, TV work. Ones. Always. Yeah, always. And then um, uh, what? Chelsea Handler. Don't 40 tell me. million. Of course. 40 fucking million. You know what? That's Netflix actually lower money. than I thought. She had a, she, I mean, her talk show went for a long time, so that kind of makes sense. Okay. So you brought up Jessica Alba. What about Jessica Simpson? Simpson, I think, is like 750 million. Yeah, because she's got oh, her okay. apparel company. Yeah. Her her company was valued at 750. Yeah. And, and, and my last one, 
Wait, wait, wait. I'm checking for you. Tori, she's 70. Oh, see, I Googled it and I found 200. But her company is worth. Oh, I see that too, yeah. The company is worth a billion. Damn. The brand the brand earns a billion annually in retail sales. She sold a 63% stake in the licensing business for 120 million flat out. What so is it she like makes knowing? she makes 30 million a year just from the shoes and the bags and the clothes and I mean that's really nice. But also like what's it like knowing your name is more valuable than you are as a person? Mm. But I but don't you think they're tied together? I mean like all of that stuff it's like how does Paris Hilton have like 20 fragrances you know like I don't know how any of that stuff works fragrances are a whole other thing yeah (laughs) yeah because like how many does Britney have like a lot and nobody's done as well as Elizabeth Taylor like why like white diamonds just let it be white diamonds just leave it alone yeah. Also, because like nobody did as well as Elizabeth Taylor, like in life, she Ever. led like the ballerest sure. life. My last one before we uh, sign off, so Dan can uh, end us. Uh, uh, Daisy Ridley. I'm uh, saying like I'm saying an like interesting one. Four. Dan. Uh, this is her net worth, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, seven. Tori? I'll say five. I don't think it's that high. Yeah, Tori's closer. So it's four. I said four. Well, I thought you said two. No. No, no, no. no, no. I'm sorry. You said four. It's actually six. There's a a tie between Tori and that. I've had a lot to drink, guys. (laughs) Yeah, you're a mess. You know who would actually be interesting? How much is Jennifer Lawrence? Oh. Oh, God. I'm, I'm guessing, like, 55. Yeah. I think it's more than that, but I don't know. Hunger Games and the hmm, X-Men. 30. Wow. Yeah, because wow. didn't she get paid, didn't she like negotiate to 25 per Hunger Games movie? Damn. She got paid 100,000 for the first one and then 10 million for the next one and then I think it was like 25 each after that. Oh, she earned That's it. Insane. Yeah. She can retire. I just think it's interesting because, like, she hasn't done shit recently. No. I mean, yeah, if I... If you had $100 million, would you yeah. retire? Or would you just figure out another life plan? Uh, I mean, I'd probably... I'd probably retire. Yeah. I mean, like, it's $100 million. Like, <laughs> At $100 million, I would pay all of you guys, like, you know, $200,000 a year and just continue to fight forever. That's very sweet. Amazing. It's so very sweet. We need to get Dustin a get rich quick scheme. Yeah. Yeah. We need Have to get watched... Dustin his own tentpole franchise, uh, film franchise. No, we need to get Dustin to just be Logan. If Lucky the Walking Dead just... would just call me up, I could figure their shit out. Could you? Okay. I, I really could. I know the Walking Dead more than like anybody alive. Call me yes. up, Kirk, Kirkman or uh, Scott Gimple or uh, Diana Hurd. Uh, just give me a call. I'll figure your shit out. Mm. Well, that seems like a, a good place as any to end it. So, um, that's Dustin the... promising to pay us two hundred thousand a year. Yes. Well, that yes. and D- Dustin promising to fix The Walking Dead. Uh, I can do but... it. 
that's the show for this week. <laughs> Roxana, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank uh, you guys. Lovely uh, to hear your voices. And uh, we'll be back next week with other stuff. I don't know. And uh, we also got a bonus episode out of this week, which uh, you won't have heard yet, but you will someday hear it, and then you'll know what nice. I what I'm talking about. And we finally decided to take a break. Yeah, so we take it a break. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, there'll be a there'll be a one required at some point. So anyway, uh, that's it. Have a, have a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. Perfect good night. <laughs>